106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Our lady of blessed acceleration, don't fail me now. It's time for Drive Radio, presented by Colorado Select Auto Care Centers. Whether you need help diagnosing a problem. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Or just want to learn about all things automotive. Hey, how exactly does a positive track rear end on a Plymouth work? It just does. Then you've come to the right place. So start your engines, buckle up, and get ready to ride. Drive Radio starts now on KLZ 560 The Source. And we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. I say back because we do Fix It Radio prior to Drive Radio. So those of you that are listening to us on a replay, we, yeah, we're back from something always. So, But we're back. Uh, we were on Fix It Radio a moment ago. Myself, Steve Horvath from Geno's Auto Service with me today. Larry Unger answering calls as he always does. And Charlie Grimes, our engineer. Great. Fun. And we didn't even leave the room. No, no. That's this time good. we just hung out. So <laughs> Sometimes I'll, you know. Head out to the hallway, use the restroom, do whatever. But no, today we just hung out in here and waited for this show to start, and here we are. Question of the day. Oh, boy. I don't know where I came up, came up with this one. I think just, I don't know. I When I'm driving around, sometimes I'll think of something, and I'll kind of jot it down, and, or I'll talk into my phone, and then, you know, then I'll add it to my notes at some point. But today's is car fads. This could be car or truck. Car or truck fads that either you hate or you love. 303-477-5600. So car fads that either you hate or love. Probably the other reason I was thinking of this is going to go to SEMA show a little later. Uh, not well, I shouldn't say later this month. First of November. Uh, I will let you guys know as I get a little closer to that. Uh, it'll you know As we get into Halloween weekend, I'll let you guys know kind of what's up and what we're doing. But I'll be, I'll be gone for a few days there during that week. I'll be back in time for the show that Saturday right after SEMA. So I'll be able to tell you everything that was there and what went on. And... and you know, I should apologize. I normally, for years and years and years, went to SEMA every single year. And SEMA is the Specialty Equipment Aftermarket Association. All things cars. Think of it that way. It's the it's the second largest trade show in Las Vegas that they have. Second only to CES, which is their big, huge computer technology. Is it the second? Yeah, it's the second largest show really? uh, probably it's, it's in million, the world. And over a million show store. Two and a show, half million. Two and a half million sh- square feet. Of of stuff, stuff. Bring your walking shoes. You got, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. Bring your <laughs> and you walking shoes. And you can't do it in a day. It's you a couple know, three days. Takes, takes. Yes, thank you, Steve. You can't cover even one section of it in a day. So yeah, I'll, I'll be there from. I think I'm going to go Tuesday. Be there till Friday. Head home. So I'll be there about four days and try to cover as much as I can. I'll have some interviews and other things I'm going to try to put together as well for all of you listening. So I'll do my best on that. But that's what also made me think about this whole car fad thing is because when you go to SEMA. There's every type of new car fad uh, or even aftermarket fad. That's where a lot of the fads, quote unquote, will start from is big events like that, where they take that particular fad and then it kind of funnels out into the rest of the industry. So anyways, what is your favorite car fad or the one you hate the most? 303-477-5600. Any other question, we'll take those as well. Jerry and Greeley, you're back. What's going on, sir? John, some friends of mine have a 2019 Subaru Outback with a continuously variable transmission. Mm-hmm. And um, what what would you recommend for fluid flush on those for for mileage? They've got about 45k on 30k. 30k. Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, thir- thirty and, to forty, and Steve's over here yeah. nodding his head. And, it, and it's a drain and fill. We're just gonna we're gonna drain it out, fill it up, and probably drain it again and fill it up. Just trying to replace as much fluid as we can. Yep, because there's no way to really flush that like you would a normal automatic transmission. But the, the, despite what the factory will say, Jerry and, and these folks are going to come back and say, "Well, the dealer says I can go a hundred thousand miles plus." Well, by then you've worn it out. Okay, literally. So, um. So Steve said, do a, a drain and flush. You a drain do it and a fill. couple of times, or yeah, drain yeah. and fill a couple of times. Especially if it hasn't been done till you know. What yeah. did you? How many miles is on it now, Jerry? Forty-five k. Yeah. Yeah, you might have to do it twice, at least once for sure. And it's stupid expensive fluid, and it's okay. and, and generally I would and and that I would still buy from Subaru or you know mm-hmm. the Subaru brand right. or whatever that is. They're unfortunately. Uh, but it's you know it's upwards of probably twenty dollars a quart, mm-hmm. you know something in that area. I think last time I looked, it was like twenty three a quart, something yeah. like that, Jerry. It's just a pain. Yeah, it's not but, cheap. But it, you know, we we drain it out, uh, run it for a little bit, drain it out, and then uh, and and Al, during that time as we're draining it, we're kind of looking at it too. Because if it starts looking pretty good, then you know we we stop, say okay, you're good. So it depends, case by case, okay. I guess we should say it. Yeah, if it hasn't been. Um how should I say that? If it's not too contaminated, you might yeah. get by with just one, Jerry. But that's one of those where there'll be a variable. I mean, and if somebody's saying it's just going to be X cost, um, uh, go go find someone else because they really need to look at the vehicle first to know how dirty is it and so on. Okay. So this is another case where they, uh, the manufacturer is overly optimistic to, mm. to make yeah, it possible. I don't know what their warranty is, but they're just trying to get you through that. Yep. Honestly, at the end of the day... Two things they're trying to do. What Steve just said is correct. On top of that, Jerry, they're trying to get... Because every vehicle has a total cost of ownership on the window sticker. All these manufacturers are trying to get their total cost of ownership down as much as they can to compete with one another. And if they can get you to not do some of these service items until farther out, that lowers the overall... Well, theoretically lowers the overall cost of ownership. It doesn't in the end, but for that first owner, if they only keep that car four or five years, it may, and that's all the manufacturer cares about. They know on average a customer's trading a car in every three to four years. That would be a great thing to do, cost of ownership for 200,000 miles. Yeah. <laughs> what yeah, is it? Because it? it varies a lot from car to car and how well it's been maintained in that first 100K. Yeah, that's true. It probably wouldn't be fair. Because you don't know how they drive. If, if, you're the, if, if it's somebody like us owning it, or even you, Jerry, owning it in that 200K, it's not going to be near as much as it would be somebody that doesn't do any maintenance. Sure. You're right. Okay. Well, I'll pass that along. I, I yeah, they cannot go it. off of what the book says, because the book is not going to be accurate. Yeah, I think Subaru recommends six-year or 100K. There you go. That's what I thought. Yeah. Most of them are 100K on a CVT. And again, they're trying to get past that 100K mark because, again, they know that total cost of ownership, that TCO, they know that that number it will be different if they lowered that service interval and they don't want it lower, they want to be able to compete with everybody else out there saying the exact same thing. Even a, you know, you, you look at an F-150, it'll say the same thing. 100K transmission service, don't, don't mess with it till then. We all know that's not true. Right, right. Well, actually, my, my F-150 is 150K is what they say. Far too much. That's, that's, you know, it should have been changed probably at 150K three times by then. I think sometimes rule of thumb is cut everything in half, but I think it's even a little bit in that more case, third. Even third, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in That's the great. case of this CVT on the Subaru, same thing. Cut that one in a third. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll, I'll share this with my friends. I appreciate. They the will advice, get a lot gentlemen. longer life out of that Jerry, and not have near the expense on doing anything transmission wise if they do it this way. Yep. Sounds wise to me. Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate that very much. A great question, and that's one of those you know. 
you're going to spend it now, but you're going to save it on down the road, especially if you plan on keeping the car long term. But, you know, it doesn't quite apply for spark plugs. No. But, you know, it says no. 100, maybe 75. Right. You know, so, but it, so it is a little bit. On fluids, well, yeah. transmission especially, because most of them, even on the engine, they're a little bit over even on the engine side. Yeah. Uh, you know, they'll cool say, well, you can go so. 10K. Well, 10K is probably too much, depending, if, especially if it's a direct injection vehicle, that 10K should be five or six. So even then you cut it in half. Mm-hmm. So it just depends on, this is where anymore, folks, you cannot, and we don't, you cannot make blanket statements across the board on what you should do with certain intervals because every vehicle, every driver, every situation ends up being different and it will affect that interval greatly. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, one thing I should have even asked Jerry, and you, Jerry, if you're thinking about this, you know, ask your neighbor. I mean, if there's somebody running around where I see a lot of these Subarus, they're running around with a car top carrier. There's extra, you know, uh, aerodynamics that are being affected with that. Uh, a lot of them will have all sorts of racks and junk. And I mean, I followed two or three down from the mountains yesterday. They had so much junk on them. You know, that one is probably for sure going to be a 30K service if you're hauling that stuff all around all the time. Sure. And, and those extreme temperature changes where you are going from down here up to skiing where it's minus zero and, Correct. and things like that, those are all uh, Well, changes. and let's say, for example, you live up I-70 or 285, you live up in the Evergreen area, you live up in Bailey or Conifer, and you're driving up and down the hill every day. Yeah, you're, you're going to be that 25 to 30K mark, not, not even 60 or 70 mm-hmm. on, that, on that particular vehicle with that transmission. And it's not the mileage, it's extreme change in temperature. Correct. Correct. And again, as you guys all know, anybody that lives up the mountain or down the mountain, it's not the same as even driving down here in the city. It's a completely different ball game when you're driving up the mountains versus driving down here. And used to be, you know, we, you guys all know me, I had a shop in Boulder and Fort Collins, and I had a lot of customers lived up in the foothills all the way up to Netherland, you know, clear up the Peak to Peak Highway, Estes Park, and so on. And, you know, one of the first things that you would ask him is, you know, you'd look at the address. Well, you know, where do you live? You, on, are you on dirt road? You know, what's your incline like? You know, all these different things you would, you would ask because all of those things had a factor into how often we service certain items. The cabin filter. <laughs> the dirt road things are just terrible. <laughs> cabin filter, brakes, how often are we inspecting those? How often are we looking at suspension components, front end alignments? I mean, all those things become a factor depending upon where you live and how the vehicle is treated. So anyway, side note, any, anything else you got for us, guys, give us a call, 303-477-5600. I'll give you a couple of car fads that you know I love and then some that I hate as well as we go through the show today. Anything that you have, that is our question of the day. What is a car fad that either you love or hate kind of goes along the pet peeve end of things when it comes to fads. But you know what? What is that that you love or hate? Drive Radio KLZ five sixty. With rates on the rise, how do you get the best rate? Take Aim Affordable Interest Mortgage seven two zero eight nine five zero five hundred. Did you know that when you get cash out or your FICO score is below a seven forty, or you're financing a condo versus a single family home, it will cost you more in rate and fees. Many lenders are charging more. Stop paying it. At Affordable Interest Mortgage, we have lenders that don't charge. Trying to purchase a second home, or is your loan amount considered a high balance or jumbo? There they go again, charging you more. Take AIM, 720-895-0500. Let us show you a loan that doesn't charge more. Seeing a low rate, but not reading the small print, only to realize all the extra costs and fees? Again, stop. Call 720-895-0500. Affordable Interest Mortgage. Quit paying fees and closing costs that are unnecessary. Get a low rate without all the extra cost. Let us show you how to save thousands. Call 720-895-0500 now. Affordable interest mortgage. 720-895-0500. 
serving Coloradans for over 20 years. NMLS 298191, regulated by DORA. Our pets, they show and give us joy. They make us laugh, and sometimes they even listen to us like they know exactly what we are saying. Hey, this is Scott Watley for my friends at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center. For over 20 years, we have trusted our pets care to the great staff at Lone Tree Vet. It's been great to have one facility that completely handles all of our pets' needs. Medical, dental, grooming, and even those training needs. And when we have those getaways, Lone Tree Vet offers great lodging for dogs and their cat hotel. Check them out at LoneTreeVet.com for all their services. And at Lone Tree Veterinary Medical Center, they also have an online store and pharmacy. Located at 8681 East Lincoln Avenue in Lone Tree, give them a call, 303-708-8050. That's 303-708-8050, LoneTreeVet.com. Here are the three C's of high performance in less than 60 seconds. Your engine piston rings must have good compression, which makes good combustion, which saves cash at the pump. But you lose compression when piston rings clog with carbon. Today's engines use low tension rings, which clog much easier, which lowers compression, combustion, and the amount of cash in your pocket with higher fuel cost and expensive repairs. This problem can be fixed as fast as your next oil change. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine and accomplishes the three C's in just 15 minutes. It has three letters, E, P, R, as in engine performance restoration that cleans piston rings and restores compression, which increases and saves you. Find a shop with BG products BG. at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. So, at your next oil change, remember the three C's. You'll find more of this in your engine and this in your pocket when you clean your engine with BG. Most of us think of the days when we'll be retired. Have you planned well enough to be able to do the things you love when that time comes? When will you take Social Security? Have you thought about health care during your retirement days? Will you stay in your current home or move to another part of the country or world? These are all questions Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial will ask you. The only way Al can help you with your financial future is to know what your future goals are. You don't want to be that person that tries to retire only to find themselves back at work because there wasn't enough money to handle all the expenses. Al will stress test your current plan, if you have one, and show what needs to be changed to make sure you achieve your financial goals. Al doesn't just help you with your financial goals either. He'll help you achieve your personal goals as well. That's Al's goal for all of his clients. He wants you to be financially free so you can achieve the things you've always wanted to do. Call Al Smith today at 303-744-1128 or visit our website, drive-radio.com. Have you been thinking about a new pair of glasses? Maybe some prescription sunglasses. We'll look no further than Stack Optical. Since 1968, yes, you heard me right. Since 1968, Stack Optical has been providing the most comprehensive quality ocular care for their patients. This family-owned business is proud to be one of the few optical offices that has their own on-site eyeglass production and eyeglass repair studio. Stack Optical, located at 2233 South Monaco Parkway, features the most extensive lines of eyeglass frames, sunglasses, and contact lenses to ensure that you love your appearance and experience superior comfort. Our comprehensive eye exams proactively diagnose eye conditions and diseases while providing the most accurate vision care. 
we welcome you to experience a lifetime of superior ocular care from doctors that are devoted to your eye health. Call now for your $69 eye exam, 303-321-1578. At Stack Optical, you'll see the difference. Have you ever thought about owning a classic car, hot rod, older truck, or an out-of-the-norm vehicle? Worldwide Vintage Autos is the place to go for all your vintage car and truck needs. With over 80,000 square feet of indoor showroom and warehouse space, they make the shopping experience easy. Every vehicle they sell is checked out by their own staff and is verified as a roadworthy vehicle, and this includes consignment vehicles. When you buy a vehicle from Worldwide, it's a vehicle you can safely drive home. They sell over 1,200 vehicles a year, and most of their inventory comes from people like you and me. If you want to eliminate the hassle of selling your vintage or unique vehicle, give them a call today. By the way, sign up today for the VIP list. They'll give you updates on all their new inventory that the general public doesn't see yet, and it's at a discounted price. Worldwide Vintage Autos. Don't let the name fool you. They sell worldwide, but their showroom is right here in Denver. Find them today at WorldwideVintageAutos.com or call 877-378-4679, and make sure you tell them John Rush from Drive Radio sent you. All right, we are back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. And really quick, producer Ann, as far as the question of the day goes, I don't like big oversized spoilers on the back of cars. It looks like a big hook to hang it on the wall. I, I agree. I, <laughs> I'm not a fan of spoilers. I can't argue that one. Especially little Subarus. Especially got on that. little cars. <laughs> yeah. It's one thing to see that on a Lamborghini, but to see that on a you know WRX, I, yeah. I, I'm just not a huge fan of those, but... but. I, thanks, Ann. Yeah, I'm with you. So that's the kind of thing we're talking about with the question of the day. What's one of those fads that you either love or hate? Bill and Centennial, you're next. Hey, as for your question of the day, it started out as off-road vehicles had them, but now your daily drivers have them. It's that light bar in the middle of the grill, I not up those. on top. It's a straight line yes. light really bright i noticed toyota has them you can buy them and, mm-hmm. and you see a lot of them driving around during the day with that light bar on and it just basically blinds you yep i that one i agree with you on bill and you know what it's one thing to have that if you go if you're going off road or you need the extra light or whatever you know what hey you suit yourself i whatever i could care less at that point bill it's the guys that run around town like that that i hate yeah and they're in the middle of the grill they're not above right and They'll blind you. That's correct. Okay, exactly. Okay, well, my question, you got on a subject about CVT transmissions. Yes. And I know they've come a long way. I know Nissan has had their problems as far as back as 2013. But in your opinion, what manufacturer now makes the best CVT transmissions for, like, SUVs or so? I know on pickup trucks, they're not quite there yet. I knew no. the Ford Maverick, they're offering them, but that's a little bitty. I wouldn't even call that a pickup it's truck. It's not. In your personal opinion what manufacturer has the best cvt transmission out there now <laughs> that's a tough one i none <laughs> that I, terrible yeah, I, I, I was holding up my hand to <laughs> bill to steve a second ago with a zero um i, I don't I'm see a lot of fans still I, I yeah i don't see a lot of subarus with that problem i mean i don't see a lot of that i see a lot of nissans um toyota probably does a good one because we don't see a lot of those 
Yeah, and, and I'm not trying to ditz all of them, Bill. I guess what I'm saying, and I think we've even done reviews this way. You know, my son Richard and I both have said this. There are times when you're going to be looking at a new car, you have no choice. That's the vehicle that you're going to buy. A new Honda CRV, for example, it, it's got a CVT transmission only. It's the only way it'll come. Am I going to not buy or recommend a, C, a, CR, you know, a, a CRV because it's got a, CV tra- a CVT transmission? No. I mean, it's still a good vehicle. Would I still buy it? Yes. Okay. Is it my favorite transmission? No. If I had the choice of, of you know, the, the same two vehicles, one having a CVT, one not having one, would I choose the one without? Yes, all day long. Oh, okay. Well, why can't you get an Allison transmission without having to get a diesel? Why don't they put an Allison in like a F-150 or a Chevy? Size, cost. Or something like that. Size and cost. Yeah, the cost is, is, is astronomical. Uh, and they don't need it, to be honest with you. It's just overkill. Uh, the ZF transmission, which, by the way, is in a lot of the uh, vehicles on the road today, it's been a very, very solid transmission. In a lot of the transmissions that you know Ford and GM and those guys have even collaborated back and forth on on the ten speeds, they, you know they they've got most of their bugs worked out of those now. They work very well. Okay, okay. But and, and by the way, and most most folks don't know this, Bill, but even the new Allison in the new Duramax diesel GM trucks. It's a Allison branded transmission. It is no longer an actual official Allison transmission. It is a transmission made by General Motors with the approval of Allison, and they can put their name on it. But it is not an Allison transmission. Only, only their name. Uh, only a name only. Name and name and name. That's it. They're making some that, money yeah, off name. of having their name on a bill, but it is not their transmission. It is well, not the, the same last... Allison that was in the the diesels previous to now. Wasn't the true Allison transmission? They quit production twenty. I don't mean production, but the true Allison twenty twenty one. Twenty no, as soon as that twenty nineteen, I want to say was the last one. Okay, okay. Don't quote me on that, but I think twenty twenty they went with a new uh, eight speeds. I believe they were. Uh, I got to. I got to go back and look. It's either six or eight speed, uh, and and they're not. They'll call them an Allison, but they're not. Okay. Well, as always, guys, good show. Thank you, Bill. And I'll double-check myself on that one, so please, nobody correct me. I'll look up that transmission and when they made those changes and so on. So hang tight. I'll do that in a moment. Uh, Conrad, you're next. Go ahead, sir. Hey, John. I'm glad you're back. Good to hear your voice. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that very much. The thing that irritates me in fads is those European taillights and headlights on cars. Oh, well, explain. They just don't look good. I, I like the regular old style, you know, like you know, taillight is supposed to be red, you know, so that, that clear glass looking stuff. Just I don't think I don't I don't like the way they look. Okay. That makes sense. You know? Yeah. And and, so, and, 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 I, and and by the way, that was a, it's a, it's the ten speed. I want to make sure I corrected myself a moment ago, Conrad. It's the ten speed Allisons that are not necessarily an Allison. They're branded as an Allison, but they're not and Allison, so it's the ten-speed quote-unquote Allison. But again, if you go do any research on that, it is not. Uh, they'll, they'll tell you that it's manufactured by Allison, but it's not. That's a GM transmission. Right. Okay. So, side note. So the um, question I got today is that you know I've been fighting that oil consumption problem on my Torino, and it was running running bad. You know, different times. Yes. And we finally got into it and, and started pulling spark plugs. And number two was oil fouled really bad number six it had some oil fouling on mm. it so we changed them and we, we put in some epr in the engine okay. and ran it and it seems like the oil consumption has decreased good but still fouling those two plugs especially number two and but there's this guy his name is clay he runs uh cj motors he, i don't know if you don't know the guy or not I don't. Real, no that's okay real knowledgeable he, 
used to work at a Ford dealership in Golden, and he we're beginning to think, and then Robbie McGuire at, at Blue Oval Performance thinks that possibly my intake manifold gaskets are down at the bottom are, are leaking. That's probably could, could be causing it. What do you think? Mm, probably have to see the plug, too. What it, What's it look like fouled? Is it oil or is it antifreeze? Well, they said it was oil fouled. Because oil, how's that going to get into the intake? So they said it's some, on those, those big block Ford engines, sometimes that would happen. That's, that's all I know. That's what and, they I, and, me. and you know me, Conrad, I am not a 460 Ford expert by any stretch of the imagination, so I'm not going to claim any any knowledge on that end of it. I... I would still be more prone to believe it's some uh, some sort of a ring or a valve guide issue as much as it would be anything else. But, again, I'm not a Ford guy. And, and the intake's easy enough on that to change and reseal. And if they think that's where it would be, that'd be the first start because that's cheaper than doing. I'd do a leak down. You know, yeah, but, it, yeah, thank you. And leak down will tell you exactly what's going on. Good, good do point, Steve. Down, thank you. Sure the, the cylinder has good pressure. Well, what a leak down does is it's different than, for everybody listening, a leak down test is different than a compression test. We don't use them much anymore on new vehicles because they're just not, it's not as common of a diagnostic tool as it used to be. Back in the race car days, Conrad, leak down uh, tools were used on almost every race engine. You do them after every race to determine what's the condition of the engine because you'd want, you you didn't want any any more than a certain percentage of leakage in that cylinder. And what you do is you can tell where the leak is coming from by the leak down test. Is it coming past the valves or is it coming past the rings? And that's what the leak down test tells you. Okay. That, that, that's, that makes so sense. I would do that. Uh, yeah. Steve's on, on track. I would do that before I did anything. Good point. You know, actually, I saw my tech. That goes in the spark plug hole, right? That's where they, yeah. how they do yeah, it. Yeah, you're, you're putting pressure on that yeah, cylinder. Yeah, cylinder has to be shut completely. You get top dead center on that cylinder, and you do leak down test. There's a percentage. There's a gauge. It tells you whether you know how much is leaking You know, as opposed to you, how much air is coming in versus how much air is leaking out. There's a percentage of loss. And typically on an engine, you don't want much more, you don't want much more than about 5 to 7% loss, Conrad. Any more than that, you got a problem. Right. You know, I actually, th- this rings, week... That would really, go ahead, Steve. That would really be no, sorry about that, Conrad. So no, this, this week, my technician was putting a used engine in, and I walked back there, and he was doing a leak down on the engine before he put it in. And I thought, you know... It's, Nobody it, does that anymore. And I was so impressed. Most I guys don't even, even have the that. tool anymore to even do that. Well, yeah, yeah. But which, is, <laughs> which no, you know, but, kudos but, to him. But he was about ready to put that engine in, Good. and he did a leak down on it just to see what it was, so he wasn't putting junk in. Great idea. But no, Conrad, Steve's onto something. I would do that before I did anything. That sounds good. I, I, I agree. All right. Okay. All right. All right, man. I appreciate it, Conrad. No, thank you very much. And uh, that's why. Good question. Know, that brought up cor- something. Yeah. You know, great. Yeah. And I, I haven't. Done, I personally haven't <laughs> done a leak down in 20 years. That's why what I, I thought of because I saw him doing that this week. It's surprising. I'm not sure I even know where my gauge is. I'd yeah. have to go do some digging around the toolbox to even find my old gauge. But, but yeah, no, it's a good way to tell what's going on in an engine, especially in an application like what Conrad's got. So, uh, Randy, you're next. Go ahead, sir. Hey, uh, this may take a minute. You want to do your commercials and come back to me? Uh, you know what? I can do that. Let's do that, Randy. Hang tight. I'll put you back on hold. We'll come right back, guys. Hang tight. We do have a couple lines open, 303-477-5600. And that Allison transmission, by the way, I pulled that right off of Allison's own website. Here's the headline. Chevrolet to offer 10-speed fully automatic Allison-branded transmissions in the 2020 Silverado class 2500 and 3500 HD trucks. That's not me saying that. That is Allison themselves. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560.
Napa know-how. A Napa guy knows that by the foot, there's no better ride than an old station wagon. Room for six people facing forward, two people facing backward, and a whole lot of luggage, lumber, and bicycles haphazardly strapped to the roof. If you can parallel park that beast, you can park anything. And with some quality parts and a little Napa know-how, you can keep your land ship running longer, stronger. It's not obsolete. It's a rare treasure. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. Have an older furnace system? Noticing high energy bills, more breakdowns, are some rooms colder than you'd like? Upgrade to a modern high-efficiency furnace and you can reduce your heating usage by 20 to 40%. Less money spent heating your home and more money to spend doing the things that you enjoy most. Mention this ad and receive $250 off your upgrade to a high-efficiency furnace system. Call 720-442-8842 or visit driveradio.com today. That's 720-442-8842 or go to drive-radio.com for absolute electrical heating and air. For quality and service beyond compare, call Absolute Electrical Heating and Air. If your engine doesn't leak oil, but you have to add to it between oil changes, where does the oil go? The problem occurs when piston rings clog with carbon and then allow oil to blow by the pistons and burn in combustion chambers. The best service shops use a BG product BG. that cleans the engine in just 15 minutes. Find a shop with BG products at bgfindashop.com. That's bgfindashop.com. It will protect your engine and your pocketbook. Find a shop now. Go to bgfindashop.com. Thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. No more hopping from one mechanic to another, trying to find a solution for your vehicle's persistent issue. Extreme Auto Repair has a reputation for fixing problems quickly. You bring your Nissan to the dealer because of a rattling noise, they charge you $4,000. You still hear the noise. You bring the same vehicle to Extreme Auto Repair in Parker, where Sean and his team quickly discover a broken bolt in the subframe. A known Nissan failure they've seen many times before. Real stories like this one earn Extreme Auto Repair customers for life. As one woman exclaims in a recent five-star review, thanks for restoring my faith in humanity. The factory-trained technicians at Extreme Auto Repair stay up to date with the manufacturer data for your vehicle's specific make and model for quick and experienced problems. Solving. Fill out the contract form now at klzradio.com slash extreme. You want to protect your classic car in the event of an accident on the way to a car show or a surprise Colorado hailstorm, but you shouldn't insure your classic car the same way you'd insure your everyday vehicle. Paul Lanigro and his team at Group Insurance Analysts will get you the right coverage for your classic car. Just like with any other form of insurance, Paul and his team at GIA will shop the entire market at no extra charge, hunting for the right coverage at the best price. Remember, GIA works for you, not a specific insurance company, so they have more options. Unlike other forms of insurance, though, you should not insure your classic car based on cash value. You've put a lot of work into that car, so the real value far exceeds the book price. GIA will make sure your vehicle is insured up to a stated value to protect your investment. Get the right insurance from GIA. Call 303-423-0162. All right, we are back. Got a line open, 303-477-5600. Randy in Kansas hung on over the break. Randy, thanks. What can we do for you, sir? Hey, uh... 
I uh, ended up needing a distributor for my my Jeep instead of a fuel pump. Okay, it's been there five or six years. Uh, I was getting a lot of uh, stalling. I mean, highway, city, whatever. And uh, you know, I, I figured it was a fuel pump. It's starving for fuel, so uh, it wasn't acting up. No check engine light, and he couldn't. You know, he took a ninety percent guess. That's what he was ordered a part and all. But uh, I guess before all was said and done, he took the car out for a drive. I don't know if he took something with him, but uh, he determined it was a distributor, not the fuel pump. And so I guess my main question is, what? because when it would stall on me, I was getting really hard starts. I mean, luckily I got six months ago, you know, a new battery, a new starter, so that helped me out. But really hard starts. But, I mean, it just in a nutshell, I mean, what, what does the distributor, what, what's its job, what's it do? Because what he had on the paper was the brushes were... I mean, extremely worn. So I'm thinking like a toothbrush with no, no, no bristles. There's no on brushes it. in a so distributor. What, yeah. Well, it's, um, um, what year is that? So it's on your four liter Jeep, right? The '99 yeah. four liter. There, Jeep there's no Jeep. brushes in that distributor. So, but there's a pickup for the crank. So yeah, there's a, there. a, a reluctor basically yeah. in it. That that. So what the distributor does is it knows what cylinder the engine is on. It's distributing power through the, from the coil out to the spark plug, essentially through okay. the distributor is what's happening. So but it's, I, and I it's time specifically so that everything operates correctly. And if I'm talking about the simplest way to say gas? it. What's that? I was starving for spark, not gas. Yes. Is that what we're saying? Most likely. Yes. Ah, you went to new plugs, new wires, new cap, new rotor. Yeah, because you weren't like changing that. That's part of the distributor, lower part of the distributor where you're putting that on. But uh, if I and I'm sorry, a '99. It's a little hard to remember. But you know, so the crank sensor is in there. It's not part of the. No, that's got a separate crank sensor. So it'll be the cam. Yeah, we did that last week. We had to do that. Okay. My crank sensor was okay. uh, he. Uh, it was it was wobbling. It took my belt. And he said it was going to go in through my radiator. So we did that. Next thing you know, our stalling. And then really hard starts, and then I thought it was a fuel pump. Ended up being a distributor. Everything's fine. Right. Uh, okay. So I was, I was more or less missing. I wasn't getting a spark. It wasn't a gas thing. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, yeah, and they can do that, and they, and they uh, can be intermittent as well. I've seen them do that. It's a little more rare. I have to say that's yeah, kind it doesn't of happen very often. Yeah, but although I will say on the four yeah. liter, that that was it was a problem. Yeah, they, yeah, okay. they would happen on a four liter. Yes. Yeah. Well, we got two hundred forty thousand, and it's twenty three years old wrong with that? this year. Yeah. It's probably original, so I got my money out of it. Yeah. But anyway, I just kind of wondered because he said those brushes were wore down. I thought it was like a starter where it had brushes in it, but I guess not. Huh? Do you, th- you think There's like uh, bushings, maybe not brushes? There's no brushes in okay, that distributor. Bushings, brushes, bushings. <laughs> yeah, distributors have bushings. There's yeah. a shaft running through a housing, so there has to be bushings. And could be the bushings wore out. That's very possible, yeah. yes. That's probably, uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be more like it. Uh, all right. Well, all right. You guys have a great weekend. All right. Appreciate it very much, Randy. Great, great. Uh, glad, glad they got fixed, by the way. Great question and glad they got fixed. And and I hope I explained that well enough on what a – by the way, distributors are not a thing that's on today's vehicles. They're, they're a thing of the past. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. We are distributorless now and have been for, gosh, Steve, 15 <laughs> years or more yeah, probably now. Quite a while. I mean, the majority of the cars on the road today do not have a distributor, by we're, the way. We're almost at the point where we're not working on distributed cars. Yeah, they're just they're, I mean, they're not out there anymore. No, no more plug, they, they just, wi- yeah, no they, plug wires. They just don't exist. So, Bob and Broomfield, you're next. Hi, John. Hello, Bob. Hello, Steve. Hello, Bob. Hi, and uh, hello to Steve, too. <laughs> Bob's um, a friend of mine. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. So I have a question in regards to my son. I sent him uh, off to college with a, a Hyundai 
2010 Santa Fe, and it worked well. But then, and he finally got launched this last year and has his first real job. Uh, but he's out in California and he has this odd sound and they took it to a mechanic and the mechanic diagnosed it as having a uh, timing chain problem and estimated the cost of repair would be around four thousand dollars and then he um he and real quick bob what is it it's, it's, it's is this on the same vehicle the 2010 santa fe what engine yes uh i think it's a, a 3.7 six cylinder okay okay um and so i uh, so my he, the mechanic says there's nothing emergent. So my son is, is sloughing it off, and uh, I've, I've been looking and saying, well, if this engine blows, uh, the replacement is going to be well in excess of that four thousand. I'm just wondering what the sort of cost benefit of, of going ahead and replace the car, having this fixed, even at a four thousand dollar price tag. So his one thought was on it. <laughs> We're now 2022, heading into 2023. So the vehicle's 12 to 13 years of age, and I, and I didn't catch miles. How many miles are on it? Not very many. It's like 80. Is that right, Bob? 70 or 80? No, I think it's about 115 now. Oh, is it? Okay, that's 115 okay. now. Okay. Anything else wrong with the car? Not that we're aware of, no. I mean, it actually is. I mean, the radio went out, but you should replace that with an aftermarket thing, but okay. that's not a big deal. Uh, but otherwise, it seems to do well. We actually put put new uh, tires on just uh, two years ago, so uh, those are even good right now. Okay. Um, I mean, personally... Even if it's four grand, I'm inclined to fix the car and keep driving it just because I know the replacement cost is going to be 10 to 12 grand minimum, and you may end up in the same boat you're in right now with having to do the same maintenance when you buy that car. So at the end of the day, um, four grand, I mean, I know, I know that's a lot of money, but honestly, that's a bargain when it comes to replacing it. That, yeah. that was my feeling, too. Well, he doesn't have the, uh, that kind of cash. So, so he's got to borrow some from dad. Sort of oh, so he's borrowing from dad. <laughs> I see. Well, it, it'll okay. be a gift from dad. But, okay. That's uh, okay. Dad's got plenty. That's okay. But I, I, <laughs> and, and like I tell him, he can't take it with him. Oh, there you go, Bob. There you go. Well, you know, on the same token, you want this to be a learning lesson for, you know, for the kids. So, I mean, I, I get all that. Whether you have it or not really isn't even the... The issue, you want to make him responsible for that. That's how they learn and grow and, and don't have these same situations happen again down the road. You know, not that this is, you know, in his control because these are just items that have to be done at, at that at that mileage. This is one of those things that's got to be done no matter what. So it's sort of a teachable moment. But I'd fix it and keep driving it. Mm-hmm. Well, that's what I thought you would say. And... Plus the other thing, he takes this thing on really long trips out to the wilderness, and someday that thing is going to blow up on him, and he'd be stuck. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I'd rather have it get it. Fixed. I, yeah, I'd yeah. fix it. All right. Yes, yes. Good question, Bob. By the way, appreciate that. And and real quick, just to recap, a lot of you are thinking, man, John, that's a lot of money to spend on a 2010 vehicle. It is, but have you looked at the prices of used cars? That 2010 Santa Fe running is probably still worth ten grand or more right. because you can't. Be, Guys, the $500 used cars are gone. <laughs> yeah. The $1,500 used cars 
are gone. Your $500 bottom of the barrel used car is now five grand. And if you can find a car for five grand, plan on spending another five on it, and you're going to be at that 10 grand when you're all said and done. You're not driving a used car for much less than 10 grand today. Am I right, Steve? You're right. No. And, and you're going to, and when you're buying that 10 grand car, you're good fixing it up. You're still spending money. You're going to spend some money, and that's the unfortunate part. You, about yeah, it. folks, inflation has hit everything. Uh, not not only the car costs themselves, but the repair bill and so on. So yeah, bottom line, it, yeah, I, I know four thousand sounds like a lot of money, but it's still cheaper than a replacement car. I think the hard part for him too is on that one. Is it's a Hyundai, and I don't want to badmouth Hyundai's, but it, it's, no, it's a twenty ten Hyundai. And, I get it. I think that's the thing you have to keep in mind. If it would have been an, another vehicle, it would have been a no brainer. But it, you know, yeah. Honda, Toyota, or something. Well, yeah, those, you, well, those yeah, are not yeah, even a question. You just fix yeah. it. You don't even ask. But. Uh, that one, that one I'd still fix. Yeah. And the reason I do it, even if you go to resell it, you could sell it with that being done True. and still get your money back out of that repair on the sales side. Sure. That's the other reason why I would yeah. do that. So even if you sold it for eight or something, you're, you're still, still coming. You're still you're ahead. Right. You're yeah, right so that's, that. why, that's why I would do it that way. So Burton and Inglewood, go ahead. Hey, gentlemen. How you doing? Good, sir. So I got an O2 Ranger. Um, the heater control blows defrost only. I can't get it to go to the you know, anywhere else in the cabin. I've also switched out the relay to that, and it still blows defrost. I'm dumbfounded now. Is it vacuum-operated still in O2? No? Yeah, I believe it is. Are you sure? Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And Steve, I I would have to look that one up. I Going back in time, because 2002 is getting 20 years ago. um, Because if it's no two, if it's it's vacuum, then... You you know you should be checking for a vacuum leak to the system because that's the default. It, it'll go to that. Right. Um, the default, and it always is. By the way, default's always defrost, safety wise. Okay. That's what they do. They default to they default to that. And you said a Ford O two Ford Ranger, correct? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, 2. just trying 3. to look it up. What engine, quick. by the way, Burton? Two two point three. So the four cylinder. I would swore those were electronic in 2002, but again, I'm doing this from memory, Burton. It's been a long time since I've worked on one. Now, in, in, real quick, while Steve's looking this up, have you checked to make sure that the control itself in the dash, that's a pretty easy one to get in and out, have you looked at it to make sure that it's all functioning correctly? Yes. And it is. It does have vacuum. Yeah. It is vacuum, okay. It has some vacuum. So it's I vacuum. show some vacuum parts. So. Okay, that's, that means it's vacuum operated. <laughs> so, so when you look at that control unit you can you can put like a vacuum gauge on it or a vacuum pump and see that it's actually changing the the ports and stuff oh i have not done that no i would do that next so underneath the hood i would go to there's going to be a vacuum hose that goes inside at the firewall and there right. should be a little round little valve that uh check valve keep, check valve it's a one-way valve and i would just check to see if you have vacuum on the side that's going inside just put your thumb over it see if you're getting kind of, of sucking on it and that's the first place to start and then so just unplug that. Yeah, just unplug that. that. And, and a lot of times yeah. that little valve sticks or something like that. Or it's, it's it could even be broken. It's not getting vacuum to it. Where it comes off the manifold, it could have a crack or something in that line. And that's a pretty common yeah. repair on the Fords, to be honest with you. Yeah, I've located all that. I was just okay. I didn't want to start pulling on anything yet. And, yeah, it'll be dried and cracked, know. and it'll probably break. I mean, it's an O2, you know. It's 20 years old. Yeah, so that little vacuum hose has probably got a little crack in it or something. and, and it, Or it will once you're done pulling on it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right. Made some notes here. I'll I'll, I'll look at all that. Yep. Then. Yeah. You, this you can do this one. These aren't that hard. 
Perfect. Burton, thank you very much. We'll come right back, guys. Don't go anywhere. Myself, Steve Horvath, Gino's Auto Service with me today. Any questions? we got lines open, 303-477-5600. Let's keep Larry busy. We'll be right back. Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Your roof is one of the most important parts of your home and yet is one of the most neglected. We all tend to think it'll last forever without any maintenance or repairs until a hail or windstorm comes around and does damage to your roof. The problem with that mentality is it's wrong. Do you know that RoofMax is a product that can rejuvenate your roof and give you up to five to seven years of additional life? Do you know that the application can be done more than once so that the life of your roof can be extended for up to 15 years? The reason shingles break with wind and hail is because they're dried out and brittle. RoofMax is an organic product that rejuvenates your asphalt shingles, making them more flexible and durable at the same time. Call Dave Hart today and get your roof inspected. It's a no-obligation inspection that will tell you what condition your roof is in and what can be done to extend the life of your roof, which, in the end, saves you money. Call Dave Hart at 303-710-6916 or visit our website, fixitradio.com or drive-radio.com. At Napa, we're always trying to make the great parts we sell even better. From the bacteria-killing surface on our cabin air filters to our revolutionary new Adaptive One brakes. And every Napa part is covered by a warranty good at any of our 6,000 Napa Auto Parts stores. Yeah, maybe you don't get this at your average auto parts store, but we've spent the last 80 years making sure we were anything but average. Go to NapaOnline.com for a location nearest you. Napa, get the good stuff. You're driving down the road and out of nowhere comes a bang. A huge rock just hit your windshield and now you have a star in your windshield. We all know the chip can be fixed, but who is the best? Who has the best resins that keep developing them to work with the newest windshields? That would be Novus Autoglass. Novus, which is the Latin word for innovate, invented windshield repair in 1972 and it still leads the industry in cutting edge technology. Backed by more patents than any other repair and replacement company, while other glass repair services offer limited warranties or worse none at all you can trust the original novus pros to stand behind their work with a full refund that you can use towards a windshield replacement for the life of your windshield find a novus location near you by going to our website drive-radio.com just click on the novus link that's novus autoglass a proud sponsor of drive radio Top auto manufacturers admit that today's high-tech engines on average can use a quart of oil every thousand miles. Why? To meet the government's fuel economy mandates, they use the faster-moving low-tension piston rings that can clog quickly, reducing power, causing poor fuel economy. The performance oil service from BG Products cleans piston rings and restores the fuel system. And it's backed up with lifetime protection for the engine. Ask your service advisor about the BG Performance Oil Service or go to BGFindashop.com. That's BGFindashop.com. You are responsible for making sure that you are properly insured, but you're not alone. While Paul Lewinberger believes in personal accountability, he wants to make sure he's setting you up for success as your home and auto insurance agent. Paul will teach you about how you can save money on your premium while being fully covered in case of a loss. Your insurance should be for emergencies, not petty cosmetic issues. Insurance is not a coupon, your bank account, or for maintenance. Paul Lewinberger will tell you that your insurance is for emergencies. And when you work with Paul, you'll be rewarded for your diligence. Ask him about their incentivizing rebate program. Take a higher deductible and take responsibility. It's just one of the ways they can afford to keep their rates low. Take control of your life. Take responsibility for your insurance coverage. Call Paul Lewinberger with American National Insurance now 
at 303-662-0789. That's 303-662-0789. All right, Drive Radio, KLZ 560. Thanks for calling today. We appreciate it. And the question of the day is what fad, automotive fad, do you love or hate? And I've said this before, so I'll go ahead and get mine out there, the one that I hate. And I'm sorry if you're one of these individuals. It's just me. I guess, I guess I'm getting old. But I don't understand where this new fad of putting a super wide-dished wheel on a four-wheel drive truck Jeep, where that came from. It is, the, in my opinion, the ugliest thing you could ever do to a lifted vehicle or even a non-lifted vehicle there is. I don't understand the deep dish wheels and you end up there, you know, there's such a dish to them and it's such an offset that it changes the geometry to the point where your turning radius isn't as good as it used to be. You don't have the fender clearance you once had. So now you've got all this fender clearance above this big old tire that sticks out, even on somebody that lifts one, six, eight, ten inches. To me, it's the stupidest looking thing <laughs> there is. And I know there's a lot of guys out there that are probably, you know, swearing at me right now because you've spent all that money to do that. But uh, to me, that's a fad that will be short lived. I know it's been around for a few years now, but it is the most. Um, not only is it a fad, in my opinion, that's ugly, it's an unusable fad. Those of you that are using those trucks to go do any kind of hauling or anything with, you just screwed the truck up to the point where it's, in my opinion, useless. That's just my... Just, just for show. That's my opinion, yeah. So I, that's a fad that could go away tomorrow for all I care. That, that's one that I just, I cannot, I just can't get over it, and I don't know why people do it, but it's not me. I know. And luckily, we live in America, and you can do whatever you want to. So, uh, you know, more power to you. Doug and Parker, you're up. Yeah, a neighbor's got a, a late model F three fifty turbo diesel and he said it's got a Jake brake. How does that work? It's got a it's got an engine brake on it and they're typically use, utilizing it. And on that one I've not studied the the six seven. I'm guessing they're applying back pressure either after the turbo. Typically it's after the turbo is what they're doing. Or through the turbo itself could be. I haven't looked I haven't looked specifically at how the six seven works. Okay. But all of them, all of them now have that. Uh, General Motors has got it on the Duramax. Ford's got it on theirs. Uh, Ram has it on theirs. They, they've all now got a built-in engine brake. That's something that they're pretty much all standard now. So that's the little thing. As the semi's coming down the road, you hear them going. Yeah, you won't. These won't be near as loud as that, of course, because it's a different way of doing it. But that's the same principle. Yes. Yeah, and that was the question. They don't. Do they add an extra valve on each cylinder, or is it a bypass? In the exhaust system, or typically, what they're doing is there is you know for those of you listening, and this is just basic engine you know mechanics and how it works. A diesel does not have. Let me make sure I say this correctly. Modern diesels have a butterfly, have a throttle body, but it doesn't work the same way that a gas engine throttle body does. A diesel, as we all know, its engine RPM is controlled by the fuel and the application of, the timing of, how it's working, you know, when it's injecting and so on. And that's why diesels can run away, because if the fuel just continues to, to roll in, there's nothing you can do to get it shut off, because it's all being operated by fuel, not the air mixture coming in like a regular gas engine. A regular gas engine, there's a butterfly, you open it. Yes, we have direct injection now, similar to what a diesel has, but they, there still is a throttle body that has to function correctly on a gas engine. On a diesel engine, old diesel engines, there was no throttle body whatsoever. The only way it worked was by cranking up the fuel or, or lowering the fuel back down. That's how it works. So if you think about it, Doug, there's no compression braking 
Even though diesels are runoff compression, there's no compression braking on a diesel engine at all because there's no butterfly to control the air coming in. There's no way to, com- you know, to, to compression brake, if you would, quote-unquote, a diesel engine. So they did it on the exhaust side. That's why you hear those big trucks rattling away when they come down a mountain. They do it on the exhaust side, not the intake side. Okay. Makes all that energy go out the exhaust pipe. And then they're keeping there, and they're what they're doing is they're keeping it in the engine instead of out of the engine. Does that make sense? Well, kind of, but it, you know, you're compressing on the power stroke, and then it pushes back on 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 the power stroke. You know, when the piston goes back down, so somewhere in there, they've got to let let some of that energy out. Correct. Maybe near the top of the stroke. And again, every one of them does a little bit differently. I mean, back in the day, uh, you know, in the aftermarket world, and you can still buy these. You you could go buy a pack brake. It's literally a valve that goes in the exhaust itself. It's a butterfly, literally, that just shuts the exhaust off, that keeps the the you know the the compression if you would in the engine itself because the exhaust is not allowed to release and it was all controlled through the exhaust itself they're now doing that more sophisticated doug and you don't have the noise that you would get normally out of a diesel truck because of that but that's essentially essentially how they work cool and they're they're typically done off of a switch i mean most of those guys have a switch on the dash that they can turn on and off and and i apologize for everybody listening it's just i've never i'm not I'm not a six seven you know uh, Ford expert by any means, and I've not studied. I mean, I know that engine has a lot of uniqueness to it. The exhaust and intake are reversed. Normally, the intake manifold is on top, and the intake comes in from the top and goes out the bottom of the head. In this case, it's the opposite. The intake is on the outside. The exhaust is on the middle. So my gut feeling is, Doug, that on that 6.7 Ford, they're working all that compression braking on that inside area before the turbo, probably in the intake area. What what, what we would normally think is the intake is the exhaust on a 6.7. Yeah, you said it had something like 800 horsepower. Oh, they're up there. Oh, yeah, no, they and they and by the way, they all are. I mean, they're all up to you know 700 horsepower or so and thousand plus foot pounds of torque. I mean, those things will haul anything up the mountain you want to haul. What a monster! They are, they are, <laughs> they really are. Cool, no, the, the downside to that is they become so sophisticated, very few people can work on them anymore. That's the downside to them. E- even a lot of dealer techs. If they don't have a really good, solid diesel tech that really understands that unit, good luck. <laughs> I'm not joking. Good luck. And not every dealership, and I'm sorry, I'm not trying to poke any at Ford or Ram or, or GM, but there's a lot of, quote-unquote, diesel techs at dealerships that don't know squat. Well, if you're going to run with the big dogs, you're going to have to get off the porch. <laughs> yep, and there and there's some good dealers out there that have really good diesel techs, but they have the same problem that we've got in the aftermarket. Finding good techs that understand all of this is getting harder and harder. That's why right now, Doug, if that if that truck has a problem and you've got to get it in and get it fixed, you could be waiting a month to get it fixed, mm-hmm. and I am not exaggerating. Whoa. I'm not exaggerating uh, in the least. It's yeah. a month in some cases. The Really quick, the Ram recall where they've had to replace the – injector pumps on the five, on the 6.7 uh, Cummins diesels that are out there, and they had a big recall on the Bosch CP4 pumps. Uh, most dealers are getting one of those pumps a year, which means they can fix 52 trucks in a year's time. Just think for a second, Doug, if you're like number 30, how long you're going to be waiting to get your truck fixed? I'll be camping in my driveway. There you go. There you go. So I'm not exaggerating if anything I just said at all. That Those are the facts. Wow. Yep. 
right. Well, thanks. Thanks, Doug. Yep, on the on the Ram side especially, uh, most dealers, again, and, and these are dealers that are authorized to do the recall and all of that. Yeah, most of them are getting one pump uh, a week, maybe two if they're lucky. They're only allocated one or two at most. So if you're... You know, you think of all of the hundreds of thousands of trucks that are out there that are, that are being recalled that have to get into dealerships, and most dealerships only able to do one a week. Wow. In some cases, I've got, I've got some fleet trucks where literally yeah. we're going to wait a year to get a, a fleet truck fixed. Really? Yeah. Goodness. Remind me to tell you the story about how uh, a diesel run away on me. Oh, it's okay. A, got, are you guys... No, so, yeah, well, so, yeah, we got a minute. Go ahead. Yeah. So uh, Volkswagen had the diesel yes, back. Yes, they did, the TDIs. That's yep. the only diesel I know. So okay. very, very rare cars. Um, but they had a problem where um, it would burn so much oil, the rings would fail so much that it would go back through the PCV-type system, and you would shut off the engine. It, it would shut running. off the fuel, but it would still run off oil. Oh. And you'd have to put it up against a wall. Because you know? <laughs> oh, how do you shut this thing down? There's right. no way to shut it off. Right, because it was, it was running yeah. on the oil at that so, point. So they had a recall where they rerouted the uh, – fuel or the uh pcv type system right back through to another spot so it wouldn't run away for it itself. wouldn't keep running but you could you can't shut the car yeah, off. yeah it's running yeah. out until it ran out of oil yeah yeah no, exactly <laughs> all <laughs> right that, folks scary. we'll be back don't go anywhere again what is your least favorite automotive fad or maybe the most favorite fad that's our question of the day myself steve horvath we'll be right back this is drive radio our number by the way 303-477-5600 don't forget the text line 307 200 8222. Still haven't had enough? Go to drive-radio.com. Email your questions and comments. Download previous programs and find lots of useful information, including your nearest Colorado Select Auto Care Center. That's drive-radio.com. Thanks for listening to Drive Radio, sponsored by the member shops of Colorado Select Auto Care Centers on KLZ 560.